Hello, hello, and welcome to Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Taylor and Mark back at it again. Mark, we matched today. We're both wearing gray, which, oh, you're wearing your Beacon oh, the, shirt. The Beacon shirt, yep, this, which is, we got to give a shout to Jordan for getting us Beacon shirts. Very nice of him. Yeah, we got a new logo. If y'all remember, we did a little brand refresh a couple months ago, and Jordan, on his own, just because he felt inspired, bought our whole team t-shirts, and we will have t-shirts that we can that we'll be handing out to uh some friends of beacon here in the near future and uh it's pretty exciting to get some merch we got some swag with our logo on it i've never worked for a company where i have had logo swag so this is kind of fun and on top of the cool like it's great that jordan did this but it's also a high quality shirt like usually when people give out like free stuff it's like oh here's this two dollar shirt that's gonna you know it's gonna shrink 50 sizes when you wash it like this is a high quality shirt so jordan did not cheap out on us either he, he spent his own money to get us these nice shirts i know if he got us those like hanes beefy tees everyone knows what i'm talking about they're like cardboard t-shirts they're terrible but the beacon shirts are super soft i love mine i'm not wearing it today because i would got cold in my house but i love mine yeah, you can They're tell when you so wash good. it and it's about the same size, which is like, that's that's how you can tell it's a good shirt. So that's Jordan, you know. great job. Thank you for getting us these shirts. Shout out to our guy, Jordan. Also shout out to our guys, Ron and Jason on our policy team. They have been working for close to a year, so many months on the research report that we had come out this week. If you missed it, we're going to give you a rundown of it. So basically in the ending stages of the real like lockdown craziness of the pandemic, the federal government granted states and granted Tennessee all of these funds that could be used for their discretion to combat learning loss in schools following all the school shutdowns. We've been seeing a few things here and there about how the money was being spent in a suspicious manner. And so our policy team got curious and they started digging. And what they found was alarming. I, would, I feel like alarming is a fair assessment for that. And we released a report just this week on Tuesday that highlighted some of the ways that school districts specifically were spending these ESSER funds on things like walk-in coolers and retractable bleachers and things that if we're experiencing learning loss, I'm not quite sure that retractable bleachers are the solution to the problem. Mark, what are your thoughts on this? And what were some of the big takeaways that you had after really having some time to synthesize the data? Yeah, so it was $4 billion given the state of Tennessee from the federal Yeah, I said some money, some lots of money. (laughs) $4 billion, and it was in three separate, um, basically three separate stages, and they were all kind of the COVID relief fund. So there was, you know, three different ESSER stages, which ESSER is is that. So they gave them the local school districts, and essentially they had some guidelines, but it was pretty broad on what they could spend money on. But the whole point of these funds was to help with COVID, learning loss, and, and you know, mental health, things like that. Um, but what you saw was a lot of schools, and again, most of the money is still not spent, which is one of the things that we contend is like, there's all this money left, either give it back to taxpayers or spend it on what it's supposed to be spent on. It's crazy that Metro Nashville, you know, the government, uh, the, the school board is trying to get people to tutor for free while they're spending $3 million trying to part of that money to, to, you know, plot out a new building, a school building after a bunch of their buildings closed because they don't have enough kids, they're losing kids. And they're spending this COVID money to kind of design a new middle school. It's, um, it's frustrating. And it's something where you look at these funds. And what I, I mean, uh, where they spent it was legal, because it's such a broad spectrum. Sure. No but strings it's not attached, good. baby. No, no. And it's and it's a problem because these school districts spent money on like wish lists. They spent money on things that they, you know, have wanted to do for years, like, oh, we finally have money. Let's do a new building. I mean, Hamilton County basically spent their whole 
budget or a lot of their budget on just new buildings. And that is not what learning loss is. And the worst part is that they like a lot of these school districts basically made up. They're like, oh, yeah, we got new bleachers so people could spread out more and avoid COVID. It's like when you take a test or when you get asked a question by the teacher and you didn't understand the question. So you give the wrong answer. And then once you realize the question, you try to make it fit with what the original question was. That's what it felt like these school districts did. I feel like I'm getting to know what your personality was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it, this this really is a it, it's a real problem. And you know we didn't really editorialize at all. We just show how they spent money and basically said, hey, listen, this is how you spent money. Almost nobody will agree with this. And this is on top of the you know MNPS. We talked about the 18 million dollars uh, the website they spent on the website and, and the the COVID stuff. So. I took web design in the eighth grade, and I think I could have made a better website than MNPS did for COVID. And that shows you how the government likes to spend their money. Anyway, please proceed. It's really bad. And, and we did a lot of, I mean, and Jason, it took six months to get open records requests back. But the, the, the problem is that all these people who, you know, are like, oh, we're against school choice. They're saying, oh, the Beacon Center, it's, it's a biased report. It's not biased. We literally took the government's numbers. That's all we did. We didn't even do anything. We took the, the numbers that they gave us from open records request. And another issue on this is this should all be made publicly available anyway. It shouldn't take us doing an open records request and Jason waiting six months to get responses back from these school districts to happen. So this is a pro problem in so many different ways. Let's take that a step further. When reporter Dennis Ferrier with Fox 17 News reached out to Metro Nashville Public Schools saying, as part of these ESSER funds, you have to get community input on what this money's going to, what parents think the money should go to. Did you do that? They said no. And then a few hours later, sent out an email asking parents what they what they thought this money should go to. Like, it's just shady. It's just also shady. Well, they didn't say no. They said they did do it before, but they really couldn't provide many examples of it. But then as soon as Dennis asked them the question on his thing that, you know, hours later, they're sending out a, a survey to parents saying, hey, what do you think we should do with this money? It's like, you got this money like two years ago. How are you asking this question now? And at this point, we have not seen any evidence that they've asked at any other point what the parents thought, like, because you need community input. And if that's the case, that means that they actually broke federal law because part of federal law is you have to get input. So I don't know if they did or didn't, but the thing is, we have no evidence that they did, and they haven't responded to Dennis' request about that. And the shady timing of asking this question about a story that you're running and then them actually doing what they were supposed to do federally, you know, five hours later, it really, really raises some eyebrows and says, I, it doesn't it doesn't seem like you're doing this because you had this already planned. It seems like you had five hours to come up with a, a poorly crafted email to ask people what they thought of it because you realize you may have broken the law. Mark and I are not the smartest people on our team, but it doesn't take the smartest people on our team to sniff out something that doesn't quite sit right. And that doesn't quite sit right. Another thing that didn't quite sit right with this was if you go to our website and you look through a lot of the examples, we don't have a graphic breaking down spending for Shelby County. That is very interesting because they have budgeted for so much indirect costs, which what does that mean? There's been such an intense lack of transparency in general, but specifically from Memphis Shelby County Schools of how they're going to spend all this federal money. And one of the things that comes up a lot when we're talking about school choice, which we've been talking about a lot lately because students are, def are finally being accepted into the ESA program, we're talking about this a lot and people say, this is theft of education money. All of this is public money. Let's let's get that all out in the open. 
whether it's in the education budget, in the ESSER budget, it's all money that we have put into the system. And it should have input, whether it's from parents deciding where their kids want to go to school, whether it's from parents deciding how the money is being spent, where their kids are in school. It's all public money that taxpayers have paid into. And so it should be concerning to all Tennesseans that there that it took someone in our office six months to figure out where this money was being spent statewide because he couldn't get answers from the state and from the districts. That in itself should be concerning. Just from the districts. And the, the, the point you made about Shelby County is worthwhile because they spent $34 million, which is a ton of money, and they just had no paper trail. When you say indirect costs, that means nothing. Davidson County, for as bad as they did with spending, they didn't put any money for indirect costs. You had, you know, Hamilton County, $8, 9000000 million, which is still too much. But Memphis spent such a huge portion on that. And we have no idea where they spent that. And like they say indirect costs. What does that mean? I, I want to hear from them what they actually spend on because they did not put that on, you know, these COVID related issues they spent it on. So who knows where that money went? That could have went anywhere. And that's a, even with this program where they had to be, you know, had to, you know, say a little bit of what they spent it on. The transparency is still really limited. We don't even know what many of these things went. You have a one sentence description, which doesn't really tell you anything in a lot of cases. And then you just put stuff you may you don't want the public to know under indirect cost and can hide it. So there's a lot of issues with that, but I think we have to give our policy team, you know, a lot of credit for coming up with this idea and and getting, you know, all this information from these school districts. And because of the amount of time and research it took, we only did 12 counties. So we did the four biggest counties in the state. Um, and then we did kind of eight other counties. We tried to split it up, you know, between West, Middle and East Tennessee. So yeah, so we might try to do more of this because this is just some of these small counties are the ones that seem to have spent the money, in my opinion, the worst on like things like bleachers and walking coolers. So it's a real problem, but you should check out our report. It's beacontn.com backslash esser e-s-s-e-r so beacontn.org beacontn.org slash esser yeah do not listen to what i just said beacontn.org slash esser so i don't even know our website i I knew the esser part that's all i focus on yes i go on our website a lot so i know (laughs) the problem is every time i just type in b and it just comes up and i hit enter so i I don't actually have to type it in Um, but, but it's, but it, at vegantn.org slash yes, you can see all the counties we did. You can see kind of the breakdowns, some graphics that our graphic designer Macy did, which are really good. Um, so it's, it's a really good report and we have to give a lot of credit to our policy team and to Dennis Ferrier for really digging in, into what Davidson County has done with this. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis is out there doing the Lord's work, reporting on actual facts. Uh, we really appreciate that. While we're on the topic of education funding, news broke yesterday that the Biden administration is planning to cover, reimburse, forgive $10,000 of student debt and up to $20,000 of Pell Grant debt. Now, for those of us who don't have student debt, I personally would take my $10,000 payment in the form of a Venmo and or uh, vouchers to eat at Urban Market in Franklin. I would take either one. I feel like they already get that much money from me on a regular basis. But Mark, I and I saw an interesting tweet and I want to know what your thoughts are about it. He campaigned on a platform of saying he's going to forgive all student debt. Now he's saying, I'm going to forgive a little bit of student debt, which riles up the far left liberals. And so I think that this plan has just lit everybody up. And not only is it just a bad plan, 
It's also really bad PR. I, I, I don't know what's happening in the White House. I'm so very confused, but all I know is bad policy, bad policy, bad policy. I don't get it. I mean, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think it makes sense because it doesn't satisfy anybody. It just makes everybody mad. Um, on top <laughs> of that, and I'm not a lawyer, but it may be illegal. I don't know if he can actually do that. That's another issue that's going on right now. Whether he actually, and that's like a big, even from the left, I'm seeing like, I'm not sure that you can actually do this legally. Bad policy, maybe illegal, unfair, immoral, you know, helps the exact people he said he doesn't care to help. I mean, he's helping rich people. I think 60% of people who are going to get forgiven are making like over $250,000 a year as a household. It's just awful. And I don't know. I, I just don't quite understand what he's doing. And I, and I think that in his mind, he's like, this will help me for the election coming up and maybe will help my, you know, my team, the Democrats for these midterms. Um, I don't think it will. Now, granted, the, the Democrats seem to be having kind of a bump generally uh, in, in the general public right now if you see some of the elections going on. So maybe it won't affect them. But this was just poorly thought out PR wise. And then, of course, terrible policy. And again, maybe illegal. So I, I don't understand what he's doing with this. We talked about this a lot. We, I mean, the idea that, you know, people who decide to take on college debt uh, are the ones and a lot of them that have more money are the ones getting that. The people who didn't go to college, kind of like the lower income people who didn't go to college are the ones paying for these other people to get their money back. And it's just really bad policy. And it'll also be interesting to see what do colleges do? It, I mean, they now know that the government is going to pay pretty much all the debt they have. So why not? They might. I wouldn't be surprised to see them charge another 10 grand, 15 grand a year next year, because that's how incentives work. And, and we'll see what happens. It made me sick. I saw someone tweet and say, I can't believe that my mailman is going to have to pay for your sociology degree. That made me sick. That just absolutely, I, I don't, I don't get it. I'm so upset about it I, for so many reasons. And I have so many friends who could definitely use help paying off their debt. However, they also signed a payment. I mean, signed a form at the beginning of all of this saying that like, I am incurring this debt and I know what I'm doing and I'm going to pay it off. It, it just makes me, makes me really sad for for them, for those of us who have to bear the weight of that, it's not it's not a good situation all around. And it makes me feel dumb, right? So I ended up with personally $82,000 of student debt from, from college. I sold my house and when I had that money, I paid off that debt. I'm like, this is so great. Like, I'm so excited to pay it off. And you just, you feel dumb for doing that. Cause you're like, oh, well, I, I could have gotten 10 grand if I just waited. Um, of course, that's not the role of government. I, I'm, I'm against either way, but it's just, it just ignores the idea of incentives. And, and like, if you feel like this is going to happen, why is somebody not going to take on a ton of debt? Saying, I bet the government's going to forgive it. And the idea that we haven't talked about this, but the idea that the government's even involved in student loans is asinine. It's dumb. It's insane. It makes no and sense. it encourages all this stuff. And that's why the cost of college keeps going up. It's because of things like this. So the less government involvement, the better things will be, which for most things, that's also the case. Let's get but Jordan to make us some t-shirts with that on it. Yes, <laughs> The less I know, government I know. involvement, the better things will be. It's a bad look for the Biden administration. I think anybody who kind of has any real idea of what real fairness is, is against this, no matter where you're at politically. And I think it's like you said, I don't think it's a smart PR move either. So I feel like this is an O for three, really bad. And again, if he gets sued and loses... It's going to make him even look dumber because he did this thing that nobody liked and it was illegal, which is probably the case, <laughs> which is probably the case, man. Things are things are going crazy. It makes for great Twitter content, though. I'll tell you that something else. If you've been following Beacon's Twitter page, you'll see that Mark has been retweeting a lot about the Nolansville Little League team. Shout out to the Nolansville Little League team. Honestly, I mean, there's stuff we could talk about in sports, live golf, PGA. That's basically consumed my entire life. But what we want to talk about is how exciting it is for a team from Tennessee to to be in the top eight of the Little League World Series right now. That is, they were undefeated up until last night. You know, sometimes you just need a game to rebuild. 
pitchers are these are children maybe their arms and legs are just tired but it is really exciting to see these kids get in the national spotlight like this i'm i'm jazzed about it i loved watching the little league world series as a kid it's it's fun it's pure yeah, i will say i'm not sure that the the legs of the hawaii team was tired they scored 13 runs That's last true. night against nolansville <laughs> but um no and this is the second straight year nolansville's gone to the college world series so like and it's always weird i've always wondered little how league. that happens little <laughs> she league, just yes. says the college world series these well, poor boys <laughs> I, yeah I, I am out of it but yeah but i mean this is so it's always interesting to me how these you know little leagues build these programs like no one's built like it's not like they have a bunch of like it's weird that they're good why are they good but like they had these kids and they built this great little league program it's not like they have you know a ton of money there it's not some really rich area and like no. just these random towns in new jersey or connecticut it's like how are they good but how? they are and for two straight years so they obviously have a great program there and it's it's exciting to watch. I saw a great meme. It's like there's nothing more American than like a 40 year old drinking a beer and betting on on 12 year olds playing baseball on a Saturday. It's like it's just this hilarious <laughs> did, thing. Did you feel convicted when you read that tweet? You were like, oh, gosh, they see me. Are they watching me right now? <laughs> I don't even bet on Little League Baseball. So it's a, uh, but it is cool to see. Like, yeah, like you said, like everyone, when you watch the major leagues, even sometimes college basketball, like, you know, these kids just love the game. They are playing just for fun. This is the highlight of their life, it will be the highlight of their life forever. Even like, and a lot of these guys, you know, 99% of these guys won't do anything with baseball. I mean, they're 11 no. and 12 year olds. And a lot of them, like, oh, they just develop maybe a little bit earlier. So they're stronger. <laughs> like, in two years, they're not even going to be on their high school team. So, it's a cool experience for these kids that will never get anything like this again. And again, yeah. like I said, there is some pros that come from this, but for the most part, these are just, you know, good kids who will always remember this. This will be like their Super Bowl for the rest of their lives. And of course, you know, it's cool because everyone gets behind you. The whole state of Tennessee is behind them right now. It's so really we're cheering exciting. for Nolan's, Nolansville Little League. Uh, they got one loss, so hope they one more and they get eliminated. But we're hoping they keep keep it up and have a chance to win this thing. Stay strong tonight. I know I'm going to watch the Little League World Series instead of the Braves, which is something that I haven't said in a very long time. I used to watch the Little League World Series. And my mom be like, oh, mom, he's cute. He's cute. He's cute. like as a little girl. <laughs> Please don't it, say that now. No, gosh, no. But, <laughs> but I vividly remember like as a little girl, wanting to watch the Little League World Series because I thought all the boys were so cute. Now I'm watching because I genuinely am cheering for the home team. Uh, that's super exciting. I've also been I've been to the Little League World Series Stadium. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, just this middle of nowhere thing. And like I've been there a few times and it's I don't know how they decided to have it there, but it's just this. It's kind of like the College World Series in Omaha. Like some weird person just like built a stadium one time. And now, you know, people it's funny like people coming from New Zealand or South Korea <laughs> traveling to Williamsport. It's like, wow, I hope this, I hope this is not what the rest of America looks like, but yes. it's, it's a fun time. Middle of nowhere, kind of like farmland and just in the country of Pennsylvania and the best, you know, 12 year olds in, in the world play baseball there. That's incredible. I actually love that. That's America. That's America if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Before we go, I I am facing a moral dilemma, Mark. What is that moral dilemma, Taylor? It is, I don't know whether to give up my Regal Unlimited movie for movie card for movie pass. If you are a movie watcher, I am sure you remember back in 2017, 2018 when movie pass burst onto the scene. And they you could subscribe to it. They mailed you a little MasterCard debit card and it was red and it said movie pass on it. 
it and you could go to, you reserved a ticket in an in the app and it put that money on your card and you could go to the movie theater and pay for your movie with that and it and your ticket was reserved and it was so cool. And I saw so many movies. I loved Movie Pass. Then they jacked up their prices and they went under and I had to cut up my little Movie Pass card. And now I'm a Regal Unlimited. I've done AMC Stubs. Now I'm Regal Unlimited. I'm a movie girl. I have been in a very heated group text with two of my guy friends, two of my best friend's husbands, because we're all movie people trying to decide if we are going to bounce back with MoviePass, the OG, the one who took my heart in the first place, or if we're going to stick with our Regal Unlimited. And I don't know the pros and cons. I'm going to make an Excel spreadsheet. But Mark, do you have any thoughts on this before I start my Rory Gilmore pro con list? I think most, uh, I think these programs will probably both be out of business in a year. So I would take <laughs> what you can. I'll never forget. I talked to um, Pat Shepard, who's a great guy on our board. Yeah. And it's right awesome. when this movie pass thing came out. And I'm like, this is so exciting. I'm going to buy this. And he's like, yeah, I've looked at their financials. It doesn't make any sense. They are going to go out of business. And this is right when it started. He's like, there's no way they can make money on this. This is the most like basically insane thing. And, you know, Pat Shepard, a finance guy, clearly knew what he's talking about. He knows what he's in talking my about. Mind, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't know. It seems cool. Like maybe people buy popcorn. It's, it's You can't make money on it. No. And it's Pat's like, the smartest ba- guy that I know. And if he says you can't make money, then I'm scared. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like, no, no, that's fine. I, the, the thing is, it lasted a whole year of them just losing money like crazy. So they're rebranded. They have to have some better idea. My opinion is what they should do is they should give it out for like free. They say you can see movies for free as part of this thing. But every time you go, you're required to spend like $20 at the concession stand. They actually make more money doing that where you have some kind of minimum spend at the concession stand. I actually already do that. So I'm I'm a regal girl and I go to at least one movie every week, if not multiple. And I we go on Tuesday nights usually and me and my friend, he and I split a large popcorn and a small Sprite every single Tuesday with our free tickets. And it's it's still like $14. And then if you on Tuesday nights, when the popcorn is half off on the weekends i'm up in there spending 22 dollars on a popcorn and a sprite that is insane it should be and required, i do though. it <laughs> it should I be required because there's like you might do it but a lot of people don't they go like oh let me see this movie and they'll see three movies in a day not pay for a thing sneak stuff into the theater and all of their you know they lose money on movie tickets generally like all of their markup comes from the concession stand so there, it should be like when you go to a comedy show it's like $25 and you have to get, you two, have to get two items. Yep, yeah. that's right. And, yeah. and most of the Regals have, you know, alcohol now. And that's where they have, that's a big earner too. So if I'm them, I say, you know, well, I'll even lower the price. $5 are free. But every time you go, you got to spend $30 at the concession stand. And I think that would change things. And I'm not sure that would work. I'm not a genius on this. But I can tell you that this ha- movie pass this time has to be different because it worked uh-huh. so poorly the last time. And from what I understand, Regal's going under right now too. I know. This, I got so a Wall is, Street Journal not- alert the other day that said the Regal CEO was declaring bankruptcy. Now someone will bail Regal out. And I got, I, listen, I'll admit, I've taken a whole bag of Chick-fil-A into the movie theater before in my purse. Okay, I've done it. We've all done it. But I do feel bad. And so I try to always buy popcorn. And because I like the guy at the popcorn stand, his favorite movie is about time. I love him. And so I always get popcorn from him. But I I like I'm guilty of of milking the system and seeing two movies in a night and having Chick-fil-A in the middle like but I get it and I'm I'm worried that my beloved tradition of at least once a week if not twice three times movies is going to go away because these paths are going to go away. 
I gotta say one more thing. It says a lot about your social life. Like people sometimes know the bartender because they go to a favorite bar or like a restaurant thing. You know the movie guy, the, the popcorn guy you have discussions with? You go to the movies too often if you know this much about the actual people that work in the movie theater. And the ticket That's scanner guy. Like, talk. That's <laughs> the not ticket place you have conversations. <laughs> the ticket scanner guy's name is John. He's so awesome. And he kept track, he keeps track of how often I see movies because he's like, oh, Taylor, is this your third time seeing Top Gun? And I'm like, yes, it is, John. I'll see you tomorrow for four. Because you're a freak. Okay, we got to go. I can't talk about this anymore. You're a freak. <laughs> I've revealed too much of my personality, and for that reason, I have got to go. Thank you for listening to Decaf. Please don't judge me. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And again, please don't judge me. We will talk to you next week. Hey, hey!